If you need a Bible, we have them up here. You can, you can grab, uh, grab one. If you need more coffee, go ahead. You might have to tip it, though, because you guys drink a lot of coffee. Forty cups of coffee. Maybe we need to not put such big cups out. Good, good idea, Edith. But, uh, so grab coffee. Bathroom's back there. Welcome. Uh, for some of you, this is your first time here, and, and we're glad that you're here. I'm Aaron, and that really doesn't mean anything, but um, I'm just a good-looking guy. So... Uh, welcome. We're glad you're here. This is this is Church Project. Yes, we've been meeting in our house for how long now? I don't know, over a month. I don't know, six weeks or so, something like that. Uh, and, and it's been a lot of fun. So, kind of the rule is TJ is the the climate man. So if you get too cold, just pop him in the back of the head. He'll turn it off. If you get too hot, pop him in the back of the head. He'll turn it back on. And if you're just if it's on and you're too hot, then come sit where TJ is because he's shivering right now. So, all right, we're glad that you're here today. Open your Bibles to First Peter chapter three. Um, we've been kind of shotgunning this chapter. Uh, David last week did an incredible job in some in, in uh, verses eight. 18 through 22, I believe, and Darian, the, the week before, uh, took a, a, the first couple verses in, in chapter 3, and so I thought, man, why not make an Aaron sandwich, and so uh, we're going to go right in the middle right here, and we're going to look at verses 8 through 12, and in essence, what we did is, is kind of like, I don't know, jumped all over the place, but we're going to finish out chapter 3 today, and this was, this was a section that really has been jumping out at me anyway, so you guys, thanks for leaving it for me, because I love this section, and David had an incredibly hard section last week, so this is where we're going to be. Um, first off, I, I want to tell you, um, thanks for allowing me to go. Last week, I, I was able to fly into uh, Wisconsin or something like that, I don't know, Milwaukee, and um, the, the reason I was there it was, was a thing called Lead 222. And what, it, what that is, is a, is a lot of uh, youth pastors, older youth pastors, that are mentoring younger youth pastors, uh, which it, in essence is a very, very big organization. And there, there was directors from Germany, from Australia, from Canada, from, and there was about 25 of us that came together for three or four days. And, and the heart there is that we, as older youth pastors, would really mentor younger youth pastors to change youth ministry in America and to change the heart. Of, of, of youth in America. And so it's a really, really big deal that, that we get to be there and be a part of that. And so thanks for allowing us to be there as Church Project. Uh, man, it's pretty cool to have say in what's happening around the world and especially in that area. And so thanks for your prayers and allowing me to be there. Uh, today, I just want to read through these verses and then kind of pull them apart and, 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 and see what God may have for us. So I'm going to read out of NIV. It's 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verses 8 through 12. Read along if you can. Verse 8. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. Verse 10, For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I know I ask you to read along with me, but I know it's pretty much 
you can never do it because I'm so sporadic. So hopefully those words are, are falling in, but we, we want to pick these apart. If you're taking notes, go ahead and, and label this message, okay? Buckets of crazy blessing. Buckets of crazy blessing. I want to kind of set this up. Uh, First Peter. Uh, Peter is writing this book, right? I said Paul last time and I was wrong. Peter's writing this book. And that was pretty obvious. I'm like, First Peter, you know Paul wrote this? No. First Peter wrote this. So I'm going to just set the record straight. I do know who wrote this book, okay? Context. Peter is writing to people just like you and I. People is, uh, Peter is writing to Christians, okay? And he's writing and saying how to live with persecution. And even beyond that, what he's saying is how to thrive in persecution. Peter is calling Christians everywhere to submit to all sorts of things that we've been looking at in these chapters here. Uh, Submit to governments, submit to masters, uh, wives submit to husbands, and and husbands be considerate and and treat your wives with love and respect. And, 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 And he's going and he's setting the stage and he's saying, submit. And for those of us that know the the setting, Nero is the leader of the time. And Nero is taking Christians and burning them alive. He's doing all sorts of just horrible things to Christians. And yet Peter is writing and he's saying to do what? To submit to that? Are you kidding me? And so as we've been looking through here, maybe you've been able to skate by a little bit. You're like, okay, I don't belong to a government. I don't need to submit. Okay? Maybe you're like, I don't have a master. I don't need to submit. Okay? Maybe you're like, I'm single. You know, I don't need to submit. Okay. Well, today, guess what? It catches all of us. Okay? This is, this is a message for all of us. So if you've escaped the last however many chapters, this is definitely for you. Look at what it says in the very beginning. It says, finally, what's the next word? All. All. Well, two would be the third word. But finally, all of you. So... This is for every single one of us in this room. Lessons that that Peter is teaching and writing right here are lessons that Peter himself had to learn. Peter, uh, if if you can think back, if you know Bible very well, uh, you can think back and and think of a time when when Peter uh, actually pulled Jesus aside and started rebuking him. Okay, Peter pulled Jesus aside and started rebuking him. And Jesus was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, one other time, you know, Jesus was going to go wash Peter's feet, and Peter's like, don't you dare wash my feet, and they got in this little thing, and Jesus says, unless you allow me to wash your feet, uh, sorry, you got no part of me. And so Peter is this, I think of a guy kind of a lot like me, I can think. A very passionate guy, kind of like sometimes way over here, sometimes he's way over here, he sees Jesus, and he's so in love, he jumps out of the boat to run to him, you know, sometimes I'm so in love with with Jesus that guards are coming to take him to the cross, and I cut off ears, it's like, ah, like I'm just, he's all, he's all over the place, and these lessons that Peter's writing is what God has shown us are lessons that he himself had to learn and to go through, so it applies to every single one of us, are you freezing? No. Okay, all right. I know Shannon is, but she got Lauren's coat, so that's all right. And so I, I want to set the importance on this, that none of us can skate by learning these lessons. Every single one of us can learn something from this passage that we just read, okay? I want to look at it, and I want to ask the question, okay, to who? And we kind of already answered that, all right? Finally, all of you, just in case one of us doesn't think it's about us, it says to all of us. That's who it's writing to. Okay, to, or, or, or what are we supposed to do? That's what I want to ask. What are we supposed to do? 
Now, as we go through here, it looks like Jesus has been given us and Peter has been given us instructions, like almost a checklist, like almost a to-do. You've got to do these things, instructions. Look at, look at verse 9, okay? Or, or actually, we can read from the beginning. Finally, all, all of us live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Oh, we've got this little checklist thing going on in our head, right? Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because this is what you were called so that you may, what's that next word? Inherit a blessing. How can you inherit something? You see, my, my grandfather just died two weeks ago. And so, you know, grandma is going to be going to a nursing home. And one of the questions that you have to ask just, just legally is, who gets what? Where does stuff go? And Grandpa, being a really, really good planner, has written down so much stuff. But, but it's like different things are going to different family members amongst our family. It's, it's an inheritance that's passed down to us. Okay, this car, this Cadillac out here, 2001, was given to Lauren and I from Grandpa. Why? Did we earn it? No, not at all. I could go take it to the racetrack and have fun with it. No, I'm joking. But before, before he, he passed on, he said, this is going to Aaron and Lauren. Did we earn it? No, it's a complete gift to us. See, it's part of our family that's handed down to us. And as Jesus is writing this, he come across this word as Peter's writing this. He said, this, you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. That means our father went through this. That means our Father has walked before us in this. That means Jesus walked this earth. And He didn't just throw out words that said, do, 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 do. He said, I have lived a life. And I am going to pass it down to you, my children. I've overcome these things. I am the answer to these things. If you're confused about how to live in harmony with one another, to be sympathetic and go through this, these, these chapters, right, these verses right here, all you have to do is look at the person of Jesus Christ. As we had house church um, this last semester at Darian's house, one of the things that, that he taught us and is, is true is that the Old Testament points to where? Jesus, the cross. The New Testament points to where? Jesus and the cross. And so as we pick up passages, we can no longer just look at it and bounce around and go all over the place. So we have to ask the questions, where is Jesus in this? And the beautiful thing about this passage is Jesus is saying, I'm giving you an inheritance. Look at this. I've conquered this. This is how you can do it. If if people are following on Twitter or on Facebook, you know, this morning I said, hey, church, my challenge is read uh, Psalms 34. Read Psalms 34. And you might write that down because this is a great Psalms. Uh, It's actually word for word part of what we're reading right here. But this week, maybe what you could do is grab Psalms 34. Just read it every single day. Pick it apart, pray through it, meditate on it. But it's Jesus' words, and this is what Peter is saying right here as we get to verse 10. Part of Psalms 34 says this in verse 10. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. 
But he must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. And then verse 12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I titled this thing, Buckets of Crazy Blessing. And I want to explain what that means a little bit. Peter. What happened to Peter just years after writing 1 Peter? Anyone? Dead. Dead. Was killed for these words. For this belief. Okay? What happened to Jesus as he came to this earth? Did he live a life full of just the best blessings and everything you can think of? No. We know that he died on the cross for us. And so if we look at this passage, the crazy blessings that are explained here is that if we live a life of love, if we leave this, if we if we if we live this stuff of living in harmony with one another and being sympathetic with people and loving the brothers and being compassionate and following the trail of Jesus and following the trail of Peter, what very well could happen to our life? We could be killed for this. In America, is that a reality? Not yet. <laughs> Kinda, but not really. At most, I'm going to get made fun of, right? Is it a reality in other countries that if you speak of Jesus and of the Bible, you could be shot on sight? Yes! This is something that as America is slowly falling away from God and we pray it doesn't, this is something that's going to become more and more our reality. We should not see death as something that's terrible, but we should see it as buckets of blessings. And those blessings come from living a life madly in love with Jesus Christ. Look at this list. I, I, don't, I don't want to insult your intelligence, but let's, let's look at this list. And I'm not going to pick them apart. You know what these words mean. But I want you just internally to ask and think, okay? Am I living in a, in, in a line with Jesus right here on these things and what he's teaching us? Number one, live in harmony with one another. Are you? You know what that means? Are you living in harmony with one another? Two, be sympathetic. Man, sometimes my sympathy level is way low. <laughs> way low. And you know what that comes from? It comes from me just being like a proud man. It does. It comes from me thinking about myself above other people. Are you being sympathetic? Three, are you loving as brothers? Man, I love my brother. Jeremy and Jared, I've watched them as brothers. Man, they love each other. There's nothing they wouldn't do for each other. And now Jared's riding Jeremy's coattail because Jeremy's famous on the front page of the newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) Go Greeley Tribune, man. That's twice in two years, bro. Good job. Um, Are you loving as brothers? Are you being compassionate? As Jesus was compassionate? Are you humble? See, this is all foreign to us as humans, living a life like this. Because, I don't know, it's inside me. What's inside me? To run after my best interests. 
to get comfortable. Man, I always want to be comfortable. If my coffee is even just a little cold, I'm not comfortable with that. I've got to warm it up or get a new cup. If my bed's just a little hard, i got to get a little softer bed. Or for those of you that have that, that air thing, you just put more air in it or take it more out. You know, I've always got to get comfortable. If my car seat isn't reclined just enough, i got to bring it up. I'm always seeking to be comfortable. And what that means to me is, is oftentimes that leads to me being very selfish in what I do and what I think and how I live. And all of a sudden, these, these five little simple things that we've gone through here, I'm not living, I'm not doing, I'm beyond that. I'm thinking about Aaron Havens and the kingdom of Aaron Havens, which will crumble and crumbles every single day. I'm not thinking of Jesus and what he's saying in these moments. This is foreign to me. And I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I mean, I fail in these every single day. promise you. And if it's foreign to me, the one who knows a new language called Jesus Christ, the one that knows the ultimate love, how foreign is it to a world that's far from God? That even makes sense to him. Which is one of the reasons we started Church Project. Really. I've been in a lot of churches. I've been in huge, big churches. I've been in small churches. I've been a part of church pretty much my whole life. Jared and Jeremy's dad was my youth pastor, okay? I've been in church my whole life. And as I've grown up in church, I've learned a lot, honestly, of what not to do. I've learned a lot of what not to do. I've learned to talk a churchy language. Raise your hand if you know what I mean by a churchy language, okay? I've learned to come up and say, hey, brother, how you doing? I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Not praying for you means I just want to get out of this conversation. So I, I've, learned, I've, learned how, I've learned how to be showy, quite honestly. I've learned the art of attraction. I've learned it. I mean, churches and myself, uh, I, you know what? I've learned that, and I fall to that all the time. One of the reasons that we started Church Project was, was to look at church and say, Jesus, how did you do church? Like, like you created the thing, so how, how did you do this thing? I mean, just think back to Bible stories, okay? We saw Jesus, and, and he preached on a hill, didn't he? And there was a lot of people that came, didn't they? A lot of people came to that message. Did he say, cool, hey guys, next week we're going to have coffee and donuts, and I want you to come back and bring friends? Did he say that? No, he didn't really say that. Okay, what, what, Jesus? let's look at Jesus, just his life, okay? He spent most of his time with disciples, teaching them. He, he spent a lot of time with his disciples and teaching them. He went places that most of us wouldn't go. He hung out with people that most of us wouldn't hang out with. He lived a foreign life, and he lived it passionate in this world. And as I look at church and I look at us, hey church, can, can we follow this? Can we do this? And these were some of the idealistic dreams we had as starting church project was to do church the way that Jesus says to do church. And so I want to I want to rattle through some things that is just a common language that we need to be speaking here. Because as we speak this language, God changes our hearts. And He aligns us so we don't speak churchy language. 
He aligns us so we actually make a difference here. Let's let's look at church, okay? This this one right here, this little body that we've organized and we've called this church project. And welcome, we're we're glad that you're here. It's the people. That's why the sign says, hi, church. We're saying hi to you as a person, not an organization. Some of the values we have, there's three. And we will not fall from these values, guys. Biblical. We will be biblical in everything that we say and do. We will study and we will expose the full truths of Scripture. If it's not there, we're not going to spend time on it. Simple. We're not trying to impress or entertain anyone with our buildings and our budgets and our programming. We're going to keep this thing simple. Relevant. We need to make sure that we continually relate to a community without God in their lives. You see, we just went through some some things that are foreign to us. These, These five things, being humble and compassionate and all that. We went through all that and to us it's hard and to us it's foreign. What about for the community of Greeley that doesn't even know the love of Jesus Christ? We need to make sure we're speaking that love to them. We will be biblical, simple, and relevant. We will. That will drive everything that we do. Why are we here? We're here to make disciples. Bottom line. Jesus spent time with disciples, loved them, poured into their life. I think about my life. I grew up in the church. I probably had, and I'm not exaggerating, I probably had about 50 people in all of my life that has pointed to Aaron Havens, prayed for Aaron Havens, spoke into Aaron Havens, in essence, was discipling me. 50. What about you? Think back in your life. As Christians, what we need to do continually is we need to look around and we need to say, how am I discipling people? It's kind of like the sphere, okay? Just think of the sphere around you. Who's older and wiser than you that you have speaking into your life, discipling you, whispering the secrets of Jesus into your ear? Okay, who's younger than you, maybe not even in age, but just spiritually, who's younger than you that you're speaking into? And, and who's running with you? Pure discipleship that you're encountering, you're, you're encouraging each other and discipling one another. We need this in our life. So as Church Project, we, we will make disciples. Another thing that we're going to do is we will meet needs. See, Jesus, as he walked, he wasn't about social justice, but he was about injecting hope into despair. So we're not going to meet needs of Greeley just for social justice reasons. We're going to meet needs in Greeley. We're going to feed people that are hungry. We're going to do things in Greeley so that we can inject hope into despair and we can inject love into people's life and we can introduce them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we will make disciples, we will meet needs, and we will grow churches. This one's been fun for me. Growing churches. You know why? It's because our language as Americans has been hijacked. When I say church, what do you think of? And automatically I think of buildings. I think of all these things, right? That's not what we should think of. When we say church, it's the people that are in this church. And so when we say grow churches, 
I love this because this is what I see, and this is what we should see. Jeremy Shida. I'm picking on him today. Sorry, Jeremy. You're famous, so I want to say your name a lot. Jeremy Ishida. We want to pour into him, church. We want to encourage him. We want to love him so much. We want to disciple him so much that the church of Jeremy Ishida is flourishing and growing. You with me? Now, the church of Jeremy Ishida, simultaneously with the church of Brittany Ishida, is growing and maturing. So much so that they form a church called the Church of Ashida. And at their home and wherever they go, they're the church. When they go to McDonald's, they're the church. And they're growing and they're working out being humble and compassionate and showing love. And and they're growing. And and people see this church growing so much, this Church of Ashida, that they want to be around them more. And they're around them more. They go play games. They go do stuff. And suddenly, Jeremy and Brittany, the, the church of Ashita, is growing. And people are, are growing and attracted to it. So much so that, that they join with us. And we've all been having our own little church somewhere. The church of Havens shows up here. Well, is here. Because it's our house. And in all these little <laughs> churches, we come together. All these little churches come together. And what are we for? Church project. And it takes all of us doing this because we are the church. And so we're growing churches. And ultimately, what's our plan? What's our goal? What's what's the most exciting thing? Literally, we get to take Jeremy and Brittany and we get to kick them out. And we get to send them down the road. And we literally get to say, go start a collection of other believers somewhere else down the road. We're sending you out. We're growing you as a church because that's how the body of Christ works. And so... As Church Project, we will make disciples, we will meet needs, and we will grow churches. I want us to just kind of right now, we can, we can close our, our Bibles or notes or whatever, and I, and I want us to think about this. If all we're doing is we're coming here, if that's it, if all we're doing is coming to this little gathering right here, we have missed out, and you are missing out. If you're not walking with Jesus when you leave here, you're missing out. Is your words and your actions lining up with your belief? Are you in love with Jesus? One of the things that I I tell Zoe and Audra, my daughters, is that if you let life happen to you, it will happen to you. If you just let life happen to you, it will happen to you. You know what's kind of weird as Christians? We don't want life to happen to us. We want death to happen to us. We want to die to ourselves. And we want Jesus to be seen through us. So just think about this. Are you purposing death to happen to you? Because in death we find life. Are you purposing that? Do you walk around full of life and homesick? Because God's called us to be aliens and strangers here. Are you walking around excited about life and homesick? 
Are you living life with others? Do you have a community of people around you? It's one of the reasons we start this church project. But do you personally, are you living life with others? And if so, are you reproducing that life with others? I want us to look at verse 9 here as we, as we close up. Verse 9 says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit the blessing. Earlier in in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23, this was alluded to, or whatever, says this. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Are you daily entrusting yourself to Jesus Christ? Or are you more worried about you? Church, we've got a great opportunity right now. Our opportunity is this to not be churchy, to run after the person of Jesus Christ, to lose ourselves in his greatness, and to inject hope into despair. And I think we're doing a pretty dang good job. I'm excited for what the future holds for us. Let me pray. God, it's all for your name, for your glory, for your sake. May we lose ourselves in you as we walk throughout this earth. God, I pray that if there's anything in us that was in check today because your Holy Spirit was just checking us on it. And man, we'd spend time focusing on that with you, God. I pray that our lives would be lived as little Christ followers running after you with all our heart. And God, we would find our identity in you and not what we do, but in you. Thank you for this opportunity to gather as a body. May we continually strive after you.